0: Hello, I'm Michael Depp, editor of TV News Check, and this week I'm with Sheila Oliver, SVP and GM of the Fox-owned station's duopoly in Seattle, and we are Talking TV. Talking TV is made possible by Making the Media, a podcast from Avid exploring the forces that shape the media, news, and entertainment business. The latest episode tackles the subjects of diversity and inclusion within the TV industry. Host Craig Wilson talks with Deborah Williams, Executive Director of the Creative Diversity Network in the UK. Making the Media is available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, and other podcast platforms. Welcome, Sheila. Hello. Now, Sheila, you are the SVP and the GM of the Foxstone stations in the, the duopoly in Seattle, which I mentioned at the top, KCPQ and KZJO. Now, you came to Seattle in May after six years as the SVP and the GM of Fox's Minneapolis duopoly. And your first remit upon arriving to Seattle was to oversee a soup to nuts transition. From the Duopoly's previous Tribune ownership to the now uh, rebranded Fox 13 and Fox 13 Plus, so KCPQ produces a staggering 11 hours of news each day. I think 54 hours a week, which is the most of any station, evidently in the market. Um, it's so, actually
1: about it's like, it's about 70, a little over 70, if you include the the Duopoly station.
0: Oh wow! Okay, so yeah. even more so. So. I want to talk to you today about the mechanics of this transition and what you've learned from basically changing the wheels on the bus while it was still moving and what's more during the pandemic. Um, So can you first just sort of lay out the scope of what was in front of you in essentially rebuilding the station? Mm
1: -hmm. Well, you know, when I came, I obviously had done as much homework as I could um, and you know, I, I like to say I was brought in a little bit on some of uh, wind from the, the uh, you know, under my wings from my staff back in Minneapolis. You know, I, I was encouraged um, by, you know, how things, we turned things around there and changed uh, how we were doing things, how we were producing news and in the programming aspect of things. And so when I came here, I, I told myself, just keep your eyes open, pay attention, be observant and um, didn't really have any high expectations right off the bat. My main goal was, you know, meet as many people as I could uh, in this challenging remote environment and uh, try to immerse myself immediately in uh, the the staff here, uh, what the the news looked like, how we were presenting it, what the competition looked like. And then most of all, like, what is Seattle? What's going on here? And um, how does this station fit in?
0: So what are we talking about in terms first of staff changes? How sweeping was this? Was it across all departments?
1: Um, I would say it's across a couple of departments for sure. You know, uh, on the business side, we had changes. And certainly on the news side.
0: Um, you have a new news director there.
1: New news director. And um, we have an open assistant news director position. Um, and, you know, I was fortunate in that, you um, in, in meeting each of these people uh, that produce the morning news, you know, that come in at 11:30 at night the night before to get it on the air at 4:30, that the people I was meeting um, that are here now still are, you know, they're here for the long term. They're, they are, um, they were waiting and kind of hungry for someone to say, "Hey, let's do something," you know, "let's make something of ourselves here in the market," and. And and honestly, the kind I had conversations with people every day about how excited they were that they were part of a Fox-owned and operated station. You know, Fox wanted to be in this market for a long, long time. History tells me. Um, you know, and and I had I have heard such great stories about the history of the station. Um, I thought people in Minneapolis had been there a long time. You know, three decades. Well, no, we have people who have who have been here and are working hard every day with a big smile on their face. And they've been here for 40 some years, you know? Um, really, really cool history. And so, you know, as a experienced general manager and, you know, I had other experiences as a general manager in other markets before I actually came to work for Fox. Um, I, I knew that the important thing was to listen to people first and foremost. And, you know, the staff changes came about I would say mostly organically um, where, you know, someone was sort of already thinking uh, maybe I don't want to do this and maybe I need to change what I'm doing or, or, um, or if, if what we were describing we were going to do um, in terms of elevating our uh, stature in the market, you know, in what had to be done to do that, you know, if they just weren't game for it. And they said, you know, I think uh, I'm going to do something else, you know?
0: So when when you were hiring, I mean, it can't be easy, it can't have been easy for anyone to do hiring and onboarding uh, since the pandemic. I know I've talked to many people who've yeah. outlined the challenges there. Um, how much of that did you have to do remotely? And how, how did you go about that process successfully?
1: Um, all of it's been remote. Um, and I was telling uh, Jack Abernathy today that I had four interviews yesterday. Um, I'm sort of making it a um, sort of a a side uh, job of mine that it's so exciting to interview people right now. Um, You know, we're interviewing for positions like digital sales coordinator, right? And I'm interviewing those people, not just because I wanna make make sure we're hiring the right person. I trust my managers. And, and they're bringing such great um, talent to the the um, Zoom screen for me to to interview that I'm finding out so many things about our industry and how it's changing by talking to people all over the country. You know, I'm hearing things about you know how um, you know how they're challenged by the compensation uh, things and how they're challenged by uh, they don't they don't wish to. Um, you know, live in the market they're in. They want to come back home to the Pacific Northwest. You know, um, I had, I talked to someone yesterday who said, I just want to get my foot in the door of television. It seems really cool. And this is someone who's had a lot of jobs and done some really interesting things. So I'm interviewing people um, from an aspect of character and integrity um, and kind of some chutzpah. You know, we want to get people in here that are energetic um, and really believe in the future
0: well for does everyone have to be in seattle now as you're hiring remotely and and a lot of people don't want to move anymore you know some people perhaps want to move back to seattle but some people want to stay where they are but perhaps work for your station is that is that now on the table for you as a gm where it might not have been before
1: no it really isn't Um, you know in, in this particular market in what we're doing um and the positions that we're hiring uh they the almost 100% of them require someone to be coming, uh, you know, to be local and in the market, you know, whether they're a photographer, and they're gonna be out in the field, a reporter out in the field, a producer, you know, who's coming in, um, and working with the team in the morning or working with the team in the evening. And um, I, I would say 90% of the people that I um, have had return to the station that were working remotely, um, have said, you know what? I love coming into the station. I love it. And um, we're trying to create a work environment where people do want to be here. Um, I'm not saying it's, you know, I'm, I'm not old-fashioned that way at all. I, I think remote working can be wonderful. I do think um, that the local market and reporting on the local market requires someone to be in the market.
0: Okay. So local news still needs to be local. Um, I gathered that you only have a small minority of people on site at the station right now. How did you plan and build for this transition with so many people working remotely? I mean, how did you bring people together as essentially a new team during this period?
1: Well, that's an ongoing uh, project and it's not easy. Um, I So it's, it's a little bit of, um, I, I should say one-on-one um, where, you know, I, because I, I do come into the station every day, but you know, I'm walking through the building, I'm behind the mask trying to say, have we met? And if we, you know, if we haven't met, of course, we stop and have a story and we share something. So it's, it's one-on-one meetings with everybody. You know, I've, I've learned the most interesting things about you know, the, the person in tech, the technical crew who um, really likes language and I do too. And so we've had conversations. And so you remember that about that person. And now on the remote side, um, we've had regular meetings, um, staff meetings. When we did the rebrand, we made sure we got everybody that could possibly be involved. And even those people who just wanted to hear about it, how are we doing it? What does it mean? You know, how can you be involved? And also explaining to people why we were doing it. I don't like to just be the manager who says, go do this. I like to say, go do this and here's why. Here's where we're going with it so that they're not questioning, um, why am I being told to do this? It makes much more sense to people if you can explain your thinking behind a strategy, you know, and especially if it isn't just your thinking, it's a collaborative you know, thought process
0: with other people. The, the rebranding itself must have been a pretty heavy lift for the creative services department. That's about as big of a thing as you have to do. How did, how did that play out?
1: Well, um, on Friday, by the way, I'm taking the whole team out. Um, it took this long for all of us um, to, to gather together, but we're taking them out to celebrate because it was a huge lift, and we only gave them a scant 60 days to do it. And the Excel spreadsheet was very long and and very detailed, and there was a lot to do. You know, you had to think about every single aspect of it, both internally on the air, um, you know, and what was the, um, you know, what were we, how were we talking about it? And, you know, I didn't take this rebrand lightly at all, you know, because I respect um, the heritage of a station. You know, I, I once managed WTBR in Richmond and which has a very, very long history, you know, and it was so interesting. So I've always respected, you know, the history of a station and, you know, far be it for me to come in and say, let's just change this because I think so. So I I knew that we wanted to change the, the rebrand our duopoly station because you know we had long ago you know passed by the the Joe sort of brand um, Joe TV and so uh, I thought okay well we'll call it Q13 plus but then I got to thinking why are we Q13 um, I, I was in you know you couldn't rent a car when I first came here so I was in a lot of Uber uh, vehicles you know. And I talked to every driver in the evening and in the morning. I talked to a lot of uh, restaurant, um, you know, workers and and just anybody I could kind of talk to about the stations in the market. And no one came across to me like Q13 is my station. Like when they heard the 13, they sort of knew, okay, that's the Seahawks station. But it wasn't like they identified us with a really strong news brand. So then I looked into why are we q13 and it it started out um, you know with the um, it, in in the clover Park school district it was somehow the the signal was associated with clover Park schools so kcpq and um, it was it was clover Park quality and so it, it you know once I learned that I thought well why are we holding on to that you know and I knew that and once I made the decision I didn't look back But I I asked the team and they all went, oh, my gosh. Well, when we started introducing it to the staff, um, you know, again, to a person walking into the now news director's office or into my office, they said, you know, at first I thought, what are we doing? And now I'm on board. This is great. Mm -hmm. And so and and we really even the public embraced it. Our partners embraced it. The Seahawks promoted it the day we rebranded. So it was great.
0: So you have 11 hours of daily news. Um, that's a big beast to feed every day. When did you ramp up to that volume? Was that, has that been since you were there?
1: No, no, that's been in place for a while. I mean, we, I, I would say at least two years, if not three or four years, we've been doing as much news as we are now.
0: So how do you produce news at such a scale and still ensure that you've got quality? I mean, how how is that a sustainable enterprise?
1: Well, I will say that um, we're growing right now, of course, because you, as you mentioned, we've had some turnover. Um, the, the people that are right now producing the news or in charge of producing the news, you know, they sometimes have to work long hours and... You know they know that there's some end in sight once we get fully staffed, um, but they are so dedicated and they are so professional. I'm really, really fortunate to to have um, the people that work here, and some of them have been here a long time. And they get the market, and they know um, they know how to uh, just get use the tools we have, get the news on the air, and it's pretty flawless actually. I. You know, I am um, delighted every day watching our news, you know, knowing, too, that we are growing and we're hiring. I mean, we've hired 10 people in the news department in the last couple of months. That's a lot of people.
0: Mm-hmm. How, many, how many positions are you still looking to fill over there?
1: Oh, I think uh, 10.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, well, I well, was right. watching, looking for a job. Here you are. That's uh, right. Are you branching into lifestyle or other kinds of content to to augment your news?
1: I don't think that you can um, not be thinking about that. Okay, I you know as you may know, we launched the Jason Show um, while I was in Minneapolis. Um, it's very successful. We we actually pulled it over here and it's airing on the Duopoly station, um, and you know it actually turns numbers here, uh, and they get they get writers from Seattle. But yes, the answer is long-term, um, our long-term plan is to have, I don't know if it's lifestyle, but it is um, some kind of local content that is entertaining and you know, enriching. And um, I, I like to sometimes call myself a television stylista because I, I just love um, how television can evoke emotions and, and have fun and, and make people smile. And tell stories. And so, you know, I think there's a place other than news where you can do that if you find the right person, if you find the right talent, you know. And
0: given all these hours to fill, I mean how how quickly can you conceive of a new show, be it news or lifestyle, and execute on it? I've heard some GMs talk about on a Friday, the idea came. On a Monday, the show was happening. Is it is that kind of turnover possible in your environment?
1: Um, probably not the way I would design it. Um, You know, I would say probably at at least a year in the making because again, you have to first find that the right person. Um, You know, I have some ideas in the back of my head who that could be but I, you know, I haven't even gone there yet. Um, But people who live in Seattle who might um, be that sort of really cool um, afternoon host, you know, of a great show. And, uh, you know, I, I come from sales and <clears throat> a lot of stations do something that's more sort of sales oriented and around clients. But um, I, I really like to just help make good television in any way I can, you know, and in um, meaning get the right people and keep them motivated and, um, you know, and, and champion them along the way, because it's not easy to put television on the on the air. Right.
0: no. No. And, and it's not easy to, to be in this industry right now. It's a tough time for local news in many senses. Uh, many reporters are burned out from reporting on the pandemic. They're under assault from the public who harangue them with fake news, cries, and, and, and worse than that. Um, we don't know when, if ever, a return to normalcy at the workplace itself is going to happen. So for you now, as new leader in this, in this market, in this station, how do you continue to lead through this, especially that you've got essentially a newly assembled team?
1: Well, you know, uh, the company Fox um, helps us with that too. They, you know, we have um, readily available to all employees, you know, EAP and people have availed themselves of that. I encourage it. And, um, you know, I tell my managers, keep a keen eye out for people who might need some time off and please help them to get it. And, um, you know, even you would say, well, how do you do that when you're understaffed? It's so important. And so if, you know, if for a couple of days, if for a week, you know, we need to maybe repeat some stories, um, which is not what anybody wants to do, but if it means that someone can get a well-deserved break, um, you know, we'll do that until we can get fully staffed. I do know that, I, I, my managers, and we all agree that we have to be part of that solution, you know, and again, be a listening ear, be empathetic, um, don't take anyone, anyone's, you know, complaints lightly, really understand where they're coming from, and, you know, usually, if you kind of work with people one-on-one, you can come up with a way to, to get them over the hump, because we certainly had a lot of that in Minneapolis uh, during the George Floyd murder and protests afterwards, you know, so that was, um, you know, I, I would never want to have to live through that again. But at least I understood how to, um, you know, manage through those types of crisis.
0: Okay, well, Sheila Oliver, the VP, SVP and GM at the Fox duopoly in Seattle, Fox 13. Thank you so much for talking with me today. Appreciate it. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate it too. Cheers. A new episode of Talking TV is available most Fridays on tvnewscheck.com. You can also listen and subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify. Talking TV is edited by Alyssa Wesley. The music is by Andrew Melinda. And it's produced and hosted by me, Michael Depp. Talking TV is a production of TV News Check.